You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Milwaukee. Start your engines. It's time to talk about all things racing. NASCAR, IndyCar, trucks, and Formula One. This is the Final Inspection Show with Steve Zaki, presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Now, it's Final Inspection on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Here's Steve Zaki. Now, I am not Steve Zaki. It's the Polish pipe bomb, Jeff Orlowski here. Steve Zaki, he's out enjoying some fun in the sun out at Road America right now. Living the dream, he leaves us little people in the studio to do the dirty work. Huge show for you this week, everybody. Mario Andretti, we're going to hear the interview that Steve did with him coming up in mere minutes. Okay, so we've got that. We've got Graham Rahal. We've got Scott Paddock, the uh, president of Chicagoland Speedway. Tony Kanan. Uh, you know, it just, I, I can't even tell you. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. It is action-packed. So I'm not going to make you wait. Let's kick this off. Here's Steve Zaki with the legend, Mario Andretti. And welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by Great Lakes Dragway and David Hobbs Honda. And joining us, it is the legend himself, Mario Andretti, or as we're here at Road America. And Mario, the, your history dates back here. Did you drive a Ford Power Can-Am car for the first time here? Yeah, it probably was Can Am my first time here. Yeah, back in uh, I would say late '60s. Yeah, and then you also drove you also drove Formula 5002, and then with uh, Newman Haas, of course, in the early '80s when they came back here. What some of the memories? What's some of the peak memories that come back to you? You won here a couple times too. Yeah, it's winning. You know, obviously nothing better than that. I won here in Formula 5000, and of course Indy cars, and uh, so whenever you win, the memories are always sweet. And uh, what one thing that's constant about the track is it's pretty much the same since Cliff Tufty designed it back in the 50s. And well, even today with the two-seater, I mean, do you still think of situations maybe in the past that you may remember this corner or something that happened? Well, what you remember, what I have uh, just absolutely, you know, uh, in my mind is uh, the way, the good way, the quick way to get around here. And... Uh, I even do a little setups on a two-seater, and when I get it the way I want, uh, I mean, things really flow. There's, uh, this is um, a real rhythm track, and uh, there's only one way to drive it. And so when you get uh, to that point, you know, it's really nice. I mean, it's, uh, it's your element. So I, I find that even with a two-seater, believe it or not, you know, they, uh, they let me uh, make some changes and all that to it. So... Uh, by the time I'm through with it, uh, usually it's a, it's a nice, pleasant ride. Eddie, you got a question? Yeah, Mario, I remember having the pleasure to drive with you in a two-seater about five years ago at St. Pete. And uh, to this day, even, uh, I get to see everybody get out of the car here at Road America like yesterday and how great a t experience it is. And, uh, I mean, you still love it like you did. Well, I love it for sure. And then uh, the other part that is good about that program, the two-seater, is the fact that... Uh, 
uh, there's no better way to expose our sport, you know, to the fans and uh, and, and also, especially to the media that potentially uh, don't have any idea of exactly what's happening. It's like in the ballistic games where you can go out there, even you know, tennis, whatever it is, you can go out there and try to uh, to, to do the same as the pros. But uh, with the race car, you can go to a driving school and all that, and you get some of it because they go to the limit of your ability. But um, the ride that we give is pretty, you know, like at least 80 percent. You know, at some places even better than uh, the reality. So people come away with a whole new uh, respect, I think, for for our drivers for sure, and a uh, new perspective on what's really going on in our business. You know, because I, uh, I'm out there by myself, and then you always figure, oh yeah, you do this for you know 80 more laps or whatever. I said, oh my God, you know what I mean? It just uh, brings to bear uh, the reality of it all, and uh, and that's always good to understand the sport to be able to appreciate it to its limit. When uh, you know, you you look at the past of winners of uh, who won here in kart and later IndyCar, and that a lot of them have Formula One experience. Even starting back with Hector Rabake, who won surprisingly, but you, Mo, and other drivers, and the, the, a lot of drivers that come over from Europe say it's a European style road course. Can you kind of explain that to the listeners? Well, it is. You know, basically, as I said, uh, because of its length, also, uh, it's the you know before. Before Coda, you know, before Austin, uh, it was by far, you know, the longest lap of any road course in America. And, uh, and again, the variation, the variety, you know, the, the elevations and the high and low speed, the variety of corners is just what drivers really love, you know, and you can only produce that with a lap that's four miles, you know. So uh, from that standpoint, it's, it's got that character, you know. And, uh, and like I said, I don't know any driver that I've ever spoken to that doesn't love this place. And you know, Bill was talking about uh, last last time you guys you guys did an event, and he got a case of Andretti wine. And uh, t- tell us a bit about that. How's the wine business and, and uh, going with that? Well, the wine business is good. Uh, obviously, we're very proud of what we bottle, and uh, uh, we've uh, you know celebrated our twentieth anniversary last year. So you know. We've been in the business for a while and to really uh, appreciate it in, in every way. And, um, you know, my partner, John Tonini, just flat out, you know, all out, you know, and just uh, keeping everything the way it should be. And uh, and I get to the winery probably not not often enough, but I'm in touch with them daily. And uh, so it's, a, it's, it's, it's fun. It's one of the businesses that's got to talk about the beautiful things in life that you can enjoy. And that's all part of it. Are you actually busier now than you were when you were racing? I mean, with all your appearances and everything going on with the two-seater, it's like... My, yeah, my plate is full, no question about it. And, um, and the best thing about it is that I do things that I actually really enjoy because... Uh, I get to choose, you know, to some degree. I think I have um, more things on uh, on some demands that I cannot really meet, which uh, I think it's a wonderful position to be in. But uh, the part about that is that I can choose and do the things that I truly enjoy. And uh, so I'm still living the dream, and that's important. Well, I think it was funny because I remember when you were doing a two-seat ride in St. Pete that one time, you broke a half shaft, and I remember you saying to the mechanics, put it on my bill. And I just, it was just funny because it's like, 
Still rough on the equipment after all these years. <laughs> well, you know, that's, uh, I'm not at, out there just to, to really ride. I kind of get serious with it, and, and they know it now, so they put all new stuff. <laughs> well, what happened yesterday with... Uh, uh, a head gasket or something happened something happened to the engine yesterday again uh, you know I just okay. we're running a lot of boost in my engine so it's gonna <laughs> you know <laughs> I think it's great it's great for the fans it's you know with Firestone involved in this it, it really draws the people and they they, they love it when they walk away there. It's like better than any type of Disney ride they would get. It should be. Uh, I think uh, hopefully that that is a fact. And uh, and again, you always like to see a smile on the, on the passion when they come out. And, uh, and again, uh, yeah, that's what makes it all worthwhile. Mario, we certainly appreciate you taking time out and I'll look forward to chatting with you again sometime. Okay, you bet, Steve. Thank Thanks. You. All right, we're going to take a quick break here. When we come back, we're going to hear... From Graham Ray Hall, actually, just the show is stock. You know, you do not leave. Stick with the short break. Graham Ray Hall, when we come back, this is the final inspection show here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM. The fan brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove and David Hobbs Honda. This is Final Inspection with Steve Zockey. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. On 105.7 FM, The Fan. Hey, welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway and David Hobbs Honda. And joining us in person is Graham Rahal. Welcome to Road America. Well, thank you. Appreciate it. It's great to be here. Yeah, I noticed you're wearing your Gale colors today, and I think the first time I saw you race was probably in a, what was it, that would have been a... Not Atlantic. a Atlantic, yeah, the Atlantic car I think was yellow, wasn't it? Yeah, the Gale Yellow started back in 06 and formed Atlantic. We ran it year round there, and then uh, you know as we've gone forward here, um, it's uh, Gale has been my longest standing sponsor and partner. We've been together since uh, since that time, so it's a special group to be a part of. They've uh, I was there just the other day in West Bend, and they're seeing some uh, unbelievable uh, growth, which is awesome. I think 60 plus new employees in a short period of time so it was uh it was great to go there and it's great to see them all up here this weekend yeah and road america must be a special place for you you know with your grandfather racing here and then your father what's your earliest memory of road america uh, when I was a kid, you know, we used to come up here all the time. So earliest memory, I don't really know. It's just when when we were kids, every year the dad would race here. Every year the champ car, uh, our Indy car was here. We were always here. We were always present. Uh, we camp out here. It's the same way that my dad and and family still does. It's a it's a special weekend for us all. You know, being that a lot of the Ray Halls are from Chicago too. I mean, I'm from Columbus, Ohio, but a lot of them are from Chicago land. You know, this is an easy uh, this is an easy trip to make, and so it's definitely a special one we lost my grandpa last year uh with a year and a half ago but uh you know every time we come up here it brings back a lot of heck of a lot of good memories and uh this weekend it's running a different car than you ran last year well same car but different aero package how's that been so far no it's great i mean uh the uh the car is is strong i think people around here are going to really enjoy it the looks it's you know it's far sexier it's faster um you know around this place it's it's really ideal so i think people are going to love it is it uh 
I guess with the new package, it's it's a, it's a lot more in the driver's hands. Is that true at a place like Road America going into turn five? Well, it should be, but I think at the same time, you know, you got to get the car, the, the handling right. I mean, we all know that, you know, day in, day out, week in, week out. You got to get the cars right, but, you know, yes, in the race, I think uh, you got to baby your tires a little bit more. You got to be a little more car. You don't actually have to save as much fuel like you used to. The car's more aerodynamically, you know, streamlined, so therefore it, it is. Uh, it is a little bit better on fuel mileage and stuff, which will make the racing here a little more exciting. But, uh, you know, it, there's a lot of different elements that go into it. I think everybody's adapted well to it. Um, and now it's, uh, it's we're, 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 like I said, midpoint of the season, kind of coming in down the home stretch here uh, very shortly. So I think everybody's uh, just trying to put on a good show with it. What's the biggest What's the biggest difference you've noticed, if any, with, to the track itself since you first raced here? Oh, not much. The track is is very much the same, which is a good thing. I really haven't noticed any big changes, which are much appreciated. Uh, when we go to places and we get big surprises and stuff, that's not really what we want. So, um, you know, maybe little bumps here or there have kind of come up, but that's that's no big deal. And what what are we looking forward to uh, this weekend? Are you pumped up for the weekend? Without a doubt, I think we're going to have a really strong weekend. I think, uh, you know, everybody, uh, the, the crowd, you know, people, hope we get a big crowd out here. I know that, that it looks, uh, the buzz seems to be good already. Um, you know, I think people are just the traditionalists. Everybody loves coming here, and uh, everybody in this region should be very proud of this place. What's your brat record for the weekend? Well, I, I can't say I have one because I, I can't really eat them, but uh, I did I did do a little uh, uh, sampling last night at the Elkhart Inn or whatever it is, and it was pretty darn good. Very good. Graham, thank you. Appreciate your time. Good luck this weekend. Thank you. Graham Rahal, driver of the Gale Rahal Letterman car this weekend at Road America for the Kohler Grand Prix. All right. There was Graham Rahal. We are going to be IndyCar heavy uh, this week with the cars running out at Road America. However, we won't forget you NASCAR heads as well. So let's tune in and catch a little bit of One Lab Down by Lori Monroe. This is One Lap Down for the week of June 18th. I'm Lori Monroe, and here's what's making news right now. Just when you think you know what's happening, it changes again. The drafting package used during this year's Cup All-Star Race, the higher spoiler, ducks, plates, and the older splitter, was being considered for a couple of more events this year, but will now be shelved for the rest of the 2018 season to have more R&D going forward into the 2019 season. NASCAR Executive Vice President Steve O'Donnell stated that everyone is aligned on doing what's best for the fans, and that following the All-Star Race, they realized they had something that could work. Some changes at Levine Family Racing. Casey Kane is at a career-worst 28th in the championship standings, so it was decided that a shakeup was necessary atop the pit box, promoting lead engineer John Liner to crew chief, and they've released Travis Mack from the company. According to Racer.com, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway will host a USAC midget race at a temporary dirt track inside Turn 3 in the days leading up to the annual NASCAR Brickyard 400 weekend. It'll take place the Thursday or Friday before the main event. The Speedway began bringing in dirt on Tuesday morning to create the quarter-mile track and will construct temporary bleachers that will hold 5,000 fans. 
The tweet heard around the world this week is from Kyle Larson. When the World of Outlaws posted the question to Larson, when are you running full-time with the Outlaws? His response was shortened to the point, before I'm 40. During the off-season, Kyle Larson told the official World of Outlaws podcast that he wanted to run the tour and that NASCAR was just a means to get there. Larson is currently 25 years old, so we'll likely see him carry on in the taxi cabs for a few years yet. The Cup Series had last weekend off, so some of the drivers took advantage of the downtime to kick back and relax. Well, kind of relax anyway. Jimmy Johnson went to Switzerland. Ryan Blaney and Chase Elliott went to Ireland. That was kind of fun to follow on Instagram. Kyle Busch and his family went to the Outer Banks in North Carolina. Daniel Suarez watched Mexico beat Germany in the World Cup. Clint Boyer went fishing. Larson threw out the first pitch at a White Sox game in Chicago. Martin Truex Jr. threw out the first pitch at a Colorado Rockies game. Kurt Busch went to Catalonia for the MotoGP. Stenhouse golfed and Matt Benedetto turned some wrenches at his home on his Mustang GT350. Sounds like a great time. These guys are going to be happy to get back into their cars for a rest. In birthdays this week, happy birthday goes out to David Stremme, Ron Hornaday Jr., Phil Parsons, Jeffrey Earnhardt, Cole Witt, Michael Annette, and Hutt Strickland. And if it's your birthday this week, I hope it's a good one. The NASCAR Pinty Series, Kevin Lacroix won his first oval track win, the Rank and Construction 200 at Jukaska Motor Speedway in Hagersville, Ontario. The Pinty Series has a week off and then heads to Quebec's Autodrome Chaudoir on Saturday, June the 30th. Looking for some racing this weekend, the IndyCar Series heads to Road America. We're going to see them all weekend up there. NASCAR Xfinity has a week off, returns on June the 30th at Chicagoland. Saturday, June 23rd, the Craftsman Truck Series is at Gateway Motorsports Park. And Sunday, June the 24th, the Cup Cars are at Sonoma. Green Flag is at 3 p.m. Eastern. Legendary road racer and North California native Scott Pruitt will drive the Toyota Camry pace car to kick off the Toyota Save Mart 350. And being that he's recently announced his retirement in last January's Rolex 24 at Daytona, I'll fill in for him when I say hi to family at home. That's all for One Lap Down this week. I'm Laurie Monroe. Enjoy the races this week, whatever races you enjoy the most. And thank you, Laurie. We're going to take another quick break here. We've got an interview that was done with uh, Tony Vlander, and the interview is so good that we have to split it into two segments. That's how that's how awesome it is. I There's no other way to say it. So we're going to take a quick break here. We'll hear part one. Coming up right after the break, you're listening to the Final Inspection Show, Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Speaking of, it is such a beautiful day outside, and if you haven't been outside yet, you know, kick yourself, do something, get outside, get out to Great Lakes Dragway. It's just, it's perfect. It's perfect. Go eat their awesome food. If you get back early, bring me some. I'll be here at the studio till 3 o'clock. Go have a couple uh, adult beverages. Bring your family. Bring the kids. You'll love it. Great Lakes Dragway, Union Grove, Wisconsin. David Hobbs Honda, you need a, a new car, a good, awesome, reliable used car. Get down to David Hobbs Honda. Uh, you know, great deals going on. They got fantastic sales all weekend long. So, 
go see those guys. Do yourself a favor. Pipe Bomb approved, both of them. This is Final Inspection with Steve Zaki. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. On 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, as well as David Hobbs Honda out here in Road America. Picturesque 12, 12, I should say, four-mile circuit. And it's our pleasure to bring race driver Tony Vlander to the show. Tony, welcome to the show. Whereas we're, we're putting the headphones on here. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. Sure. So, Road America, how many how many times have you been here now? Uh, to be honest, I don't know the exact number, but I've been here quite a few times uh, with different championships, uh, always with Ferrari, but good memories. Uh, I think 2006 uh, was the first year I was uh, sent for races by Ferrari, and this is the, this was the second racetrack. Um, I think I paired up with Marc Genet. Okay. And, uh, yeah, good memories. Uh, I love the circuit. Reminds me a little bit of Spa, what we have in Europe, uh, with some fast parts, carousel kink, challenging corners. Well, Tony, uh, welcome to Road America. Um, what the new challenges this year? I mean, you've been a Ferrari factory driver for multiple years, and now you're in the Pirelli Challenge. And it's a new challenge from endurance racing to sprint racing. And... How are you liking it? Yeah, I mean, we have two different kind of races. The ones where I'm alone, so the sprint, and then the Sprint X Championship uh, where I'm uh, together with uh, uh, Miguel Molina. Uh, but let's, let's start with the championship where I'm alone. It's a, it's a different challenge. Uh, I, need to, I need to be ready to, to prepare the car the right way. Uh, I don't have any excuses. I cannot hide behind another driver's back and let's say let's let's make him do the qualifying and stuff like that same thing for the race starts we have uh 50 minute races or one hour races anyways the 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 word is sprint so it's really a sprint race so the qualifying and the race start itself the importance of these two factors become a much higher value when you go to a 12 hour or 24 hour race it doesn't matter if you qualify first or 15th Here's a completely different story. So it's nice to to get that, let's say, sort of single-seater feeling where you need to be on it all the time. And, uh, yeah, so far I've been enjoying it. So, I mean, last week you were at Le Mans, and uh, you had a pretty good run going there. And now it's just a new challenge. You have a sprint race. What the preparation, I mean, over the years of just trying to, you know, like what you just said with making – each driver compromising the car to make it right for the race. It's no hiding behind, you race. And this racing has become like win the race in the first turn. It's very exciting for the spectators, I should say. Yeah, I mean, first of all, I'm an old man, so I'm still recovering from Le Mans. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Yeah, Le Mans, we had a good run, of course, and Ferrari decided to have a three-car show. 
some of our competitors had two cars. Uh, some of them had four cars. Um, we had a good run. I was together with Pippo Derani, who is really well known here in U.S., especially his great, great races in LMP2 car. Uh, and the other driver was Antonio Giovinazzi, who really impressed me a lot. He's the third driver with the F1 team uh, this year, doing a lot of simulator stuff for the Formula 1 team. I think even now he's on the simulator preparing the car for Saturday for Sebastian and Kimi. Um, yeah, especially Antonio, never seen the GT car before, never seen the um, Le Mans track before. Uh, and he did an impressive, impressive job. Uh, we had some penalties in the race, but... Yeah, th that goes to a little bit of, uh, let's say, the rookie status. Le Mans, we have so many rules nowadays related to yellow flags, low zones and stuff like that. So we got a little bit mixed up there. But we finished the race after all the penalties given to various competitors. We finished P5. And I, I now analyzes after the race, our main or the best finish would have been fourth. So we were quite up there. The pace was good. And um, and yeah, coming to here is a different 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 approach. Uh, it's a GT3 car. It's not a GTLM car. Uh, we have different differences in the car, differences in the tires, and and all that stuff. But in the end of the day, it's a steering wheel, three battles, and we we have to go as fast as we can. Uh, so far, we've done some practice sessions and stuff like that, and. We are moving to the right direction. We've seen some strong performance from Bentley, especially here. So let's see how the rest of the weekend goes. When you're when you're setting up a car, are you trying to? Uh, is it more important uh, like we're going into turn one or your exit speed going into the carousel through the kink? Where, where is the problem? Yeah, it's a challenging thing. I I had in the first practice sessions, I had a car which was handling pretty well everywhere else, apart from carousel and kink. And then you lose quite a lot of time because you don't have the confidence. The balance was a little bit uh, too much on the front axle, meaning that the car was oversteering in that section. So then it, it starts the preparation, the work with the engineer to compromise a little bit, gain somewhere else and lose somewhere else. Uh, and then throw in few sets of new tires and prepare yourself for the qualifying. And, uh, and yeah, it's a track that you need a, a good and well-balanced car in hard-breaking hard parts. And then a good good balance in in carousel and kink. Um, I don't know if qualifying we will do the kink flat out, but if if there is a little lift, and you re really need to feel the car and car, if at that speed it, it can give you confidence, but at least you need to feel the car. Otherwise, it's it's not going to be. Can nice. you can you overdrive the car on the tires here and that? I mean, can you? Yeah, one of the parts which which. Um, takes you quite easily to the overdriving parts is the brakes. We do have a uh, race-developed ABS system in the car, so it prevents the wheels locking in the braking, so all, especially all the pro drivers, they really brake so late, and that's also the big difference to the GTM LM car, which we, which we use in Le Mans, and it doesn't have the ABS. So when you jump from a car to another, the braking thing is, is one thing. I need to brake late, but not too late, not run into too much of the ABS, which upsets the handling of the car. So there is those small details that you need to get everything right. And we're chatting with Tony Vlander, who will be up here in the Pirelli World Challenge Series. And we're going to take a quick break, and we'll talk more with Tony Vlander in the final inspection show brought to you by legendary Great Lakes Dragway and David Hobbs Honda.
Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway and David Hobbs. And we're continuing our conversation with Tony Vlander, Ferrari driver for the Pirelli World Challenge Series. Can Tony Vlander, Ferrari driver at Road America here t- during the Final Inspection Show. So when you're out in a social situation, is is there is there a little more panache when they say, oh, you're a race car driver, what kind of car do you drive? <laughs> uh, yeah, sometimes... Uh... We are we are requested by Ferrari to travel in our team gear, or we have a special uh, traveling gear which do, does have a Ferrari logo. So, uh, yeah, that gets some attention. Uh, people are interested. Why do you have a Ferrari backpack, or why you're traveling backs all Ferrari, and why you why you're wearing all red, looking funny in the airplane? So, uh, there is some uh, um, attention to it, and which is really nice uh, nice in the states is that. People are really into racing. You know, I go through the immigration and the officer asks, hey, where are you going? What are you doing? And then when I mention the racing, are oh, you doing NASCAR? No, I'm not doing NASCAR. <laughs> oh, you're doing Daytona 24. So there's an always a, a small dialogue related to racing. Is that why you had a problem getting through uh, customs last <laughs> night? You no, 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 not really a problem. There is some... Uh, there was some delays and it got me a little, little bit frustrated, but all the paperwork was in the right place well i mean ferrari has <laughs> such a you know i mean it's such a great history and you know to be associated with them for such a long period of time as you see drivers come and go and you're still here uh running last year i mean you've won lamar and with them uh do you see the you're just staying with them in this capacity and yeah it, it is an interesting question because we do change uh, i'm i feel i'm i'm, I'm quite different to the age of 20 and today I'm 37 so it changes a lot to change the the mental the mental preparation or the mental status of, of a person I do have a family I have two three young kids three young boys uh, a day before leaving again uh, uh, the middle one so Elias who has four years now he asked when do you stop traveling so that always puts things in you know I cannot gain back the time I'm traveling but at the same time this has this has always been my passion, and nowadays it's my work. But still, the main reason it's my passion. Um, yeah, you mentioned Le Mans. We Finns, we are a little bit cold, but you know, like winning Le Mans, those things like I started to understand them weeks, months, or even years after I won it. Uh, to the mean, the real meaning when you can say in your CV that you actually won the race. Uh, and same thing goes to the championships. I've been with Ferrari since 2006. I come from a small uh, town of 12,000 people. I used to work at the gas station. Uh, I used to wait my father to come from work. He was um, doing the tarmac, the asphalt. So Finland, we have five months of uh, summertime. So he went. He left the house at 5 a.m., finished the work 7 p.m., ate late dinner, and then we went to uh, to a cocoa track, and that's how everything started. So. Still the same passion is there, but obviously we change over the years. And let's see what happens in the near future. Uh, I also do the TV commentating, um, the F1 commentating for Finnish TV. So that's all also been interesting to see. I've always been a big fan of Formula One. Even there are big complaints that, you know, always one team wins or the rules and stuff like that. But I've always been interested in the drivers. And in, in, it's been interesting to see... 
um, how fascinating the cars are. There's so much technology, and and when you can see a Ferrari when they take the the bodywork out and what goes into the the preparation of those cars is something unique. So uh, let's see what happens with me, with my racing, with the TV stuff. So maybe I can do a a good combination in the future involving all of them and including the family and in the right way and not traveling 220 days a year. Well, for our listeners, uh, Tony Vlander can speak five different languages at least. And <laughs> yeah, maybe ten. More, no, not maybe. <laughs> let's say, let's say three. Let's say three. But, Come on. <laughs> but, you know, in Finland, you know, racing is a big thing. I mean, Mika Hakkinen, Kimi Raikkonen. I mean, a lot yeah, of good drivers have come from there. And I know you started in go-karts like everyone. And did you think about that? I mean, was that kind of your path maybe? Uh, yeah, but uh, I would say <clears throat> I think it goes to all section of uh, youth sport. You need to enjoy first. You cannot have kids of eight, seven, eight, nine years and have their career up to NHL or NFL or baseball or stuff like that. You need to have the passion. You need to have the will to do it. You need to enjoy it. Then it goes up to the talent. Uh, some of the athletes, they get more interested in partying, girls, whatever. So then there are more uh, more athletes that are more disciplined, more, more concentrated. You cannot see uh, a young kid of 8 to 10 what he's going to be like at 15 or 18. Uh, in my career, there was not a plan. Uh, there was always the passion. And I think in the, in the DNA of Finnish people or the Scandinavian people, um, I would say somehow the determination of being a little bit crazy. Uh, my family traveled together with Kimi's family. Uh, we used to pack our vans and do... Uh, over 1,000, 1,500 miles from Finland to, to the center of Europe, Italy or Spain or whatever, to race go-karts. And, and for us having four to five months of winter and, and them there over there being able to practice all the time, we needed to have a different mental approach. We, we went there, but not to lose. We went there to, to show them and kick their ass, even we were in their sport or their territory. So... Um, there's many different things, but I, I, rarely you can see a sportsman that since the young age you can plan it. You know, you need to have all the all the right. You need to have without inju in injuries. You can, you know, there's many talented guys that have a big hits and big accidents and stuff, and, and the career is done. So there is a, many little things that need to work out in the right way. We heard some of these stories about you and Kimmy, but yeah. uh, we cannot uh, talk about those on the radio. That's off the record. But, uh, yeah, Tony, uh, one last question here. There, there's a famous shot of Fernando uh, walking through the airport with the trophy. Uh, have you ever had a situation like that where you're walking in the airport and you got the trophy hanging out like that? Uh, not really. I mean, if I can get the trophy fitted in my luggage, I put it in my luggage. Uh uh, gen in, I mean, in the general way in Finland, I'm really laid back and not in the public eye, and, and I don't, I don't have a big sponsors or managers and stuff like that. So, uh, with the Ferrari, I've been lucky with the fact that when I go racing, I always have a good race car and professional people around me. And when I'm off, when I go to Finland, I can I can stay on my own and and do um, do my own stuff, stay with the family nowadays and uh, yeah it's a good balance of things and i don't 
I don't need any extra attention to carry my trophy and show it to everybody. Well, Tony, we certainly appreciate you taking time <laughs> out and uh, wish you the best of luck this weekend at Road America. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank Good you, guys. Luck, thank you. Thanks. Thank All you, guys. Right, thank you, Tony. It's Tony Vlander who will be racing this weekend up at Road America for the Kohler Grand Prix. And we'll be back in the final inspection show after this. All right, we've got more interviews coming up. We're going to take an early break at the top of the hour here. We've got interviews with Kara Adams, Scott Paddock, who's the president of Chicagoland Speedway, and then we've got a treat, Tony Kanan. He joined the Bill Michaels show a couple days ago, and we're going to play that interview for you as well. That's all coming up on the final inspection show right here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM. The Fan brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove and David Hobbs Honda. Milwaukee. Start your engines. It's time to talk about all things racing. NASCAR, IndyCar, trucks, and Formula One. This is the Final Inspection Show with Steve Zaki, Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. Now, it's Final Inspection. On 105.7 FM, The Fan. Here's Steve Zaki. And welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by legendary Great Lakes Dragway and David Hobbs, up here at Road America for the Kohler Grand Prix. And it's my pleasure to welcome back to the Final Inspection Show from Firestone Racing, Kara Adams. Welcome back to the show. Thanks so much for having me. Glad to be happy back on the show. Well, you did such a good job last time. We had to have you back. All right. It was a fascinating. It's a fascinating interview. You know, you can't. You drivers are very interesting, but engineers are also very interesting. Kind of get the inside and a little different angle. What's happening this weekend? So, coming up to Road America. Uh, it's the same tire from last year. I read from my cheat notes, as Eddie pointed out, that I have. But what, what's the big, the what what are you looking at as, as an as an engineer this year as opposed to last year? Right. So it's a, it's a very similar tire. What we've done is we added a little bit more gauge in the shoulders. This is a pretty unique track where okay. it's you have a lot of nice high speed turns with a lot of good loading on the tires, and it tended to wear the inside edges of the tire. So we added a little bit gauge to the outside to help that out a little bit. And what's new for this year is the aero kits. So there's a lot less downforce, so you'll see the car sliding a little bit more, adds a little bit more into the driver's hand. So from the tire aspect, we want to make Make sure that the tires are up to the task to those new changes. And, there, and there's always there's always a kind of a give and take, isn't there, between you on your side and and and, and the tire engineering as opposed to the chassis side, because we know the guys in the chassis side are trying to get away with a little more and trying to push the limits from of of the tires, aren't they? Yeah. So that's always a challenge. Uh, one of the ways that we stay ahead of that with the new aero kit is working really closely. So Delara and IndyCar did a lot of work trying to get this new aero kit working and in great shape. And they actually included us in these conversations way back to March last year. So we had data, we had simulations. And because now we're really highly simulation-based, computer-based, we can take some of those inputs that IndyCar and Delara give us, and we can put those into tire models and make sure we have the appropriate and right tires. But you're absolutely right. There's always somebody that's trying to get that extra little bit out of their car and trying to take advantage of the tires. So we need to build a nice durable tire that's great for everybody. So when you're doing sims, you can actually it can actually simulate the tire wear then and it and if um 
not not if a tire if you try something new and it you will actually show if it blisters or or there's unusual wear on it from a sim or how does that work? So there's a lot of different types of simulations we can mm-hmm. do. So there's a lot of simulations on just the compound side and then the construction side and then putting them both together. So you can look at things like um, what is the most probable part of the tire to have some sort of issue and then you just way over design that. So before we even get to the racetrack, we are testing on high-speed durability testing all these tires to make sure they're they're great, they're perfect for the race. But we can basically look at the area that we're over-designing the least and then make that better. So this is what we're con- constantly striving to improve. How much of a difference is there from the tire that you would use at Indianapolis or a high-speed track to like a road course or even a street course? So... As a, as a bystander, if you're looking at the tires, generally they look the same. They're mm-hmm. around the same size. A road course and street course, the tires are generally the same size. As street course, you have a little bit smaller, a little bit narrower front tire. But as, at a track like this, they're, they're basically designed with so much force going into the inside of the car that it helps stabilize the car as it's driving around. But a track like Indianapolis or some of our oval tracks, even when we were racing back at Milwaukee, we had the we had tires that were a higher durability, higher spring rate on the right side. Because if you think about all that okay. weight transferring into the outside, and then a softer tire on the inside. Now, how? Now, when you look at a tire, I mean, technology always has these big jumps, and and we're in one with 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 the internet and all sorts of stuff that's happening, even with cars, with 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 how we're going to fuel the cars in the future. So right now we're in a big jump. And we we had this with aviation during World War II, and probably the biggest, if my my guess is, if for tire technology, was in the 60s, from the, the the skinny tires that we had on the roadster cars to a speed advance, you know, and then adding the wings in the early yes. 70s. Do you talk to any old old timers that kind of say, "Oh, I well, when when we started, we did this," and yeah. you look at that and you go, "How did they?" I mean, can you see the evolution going through it? Yeah, one of the really neat things. So we're out of Akron, Ohio. Our engineering staff is based out of Akron, Ohio, and one of the things that we have out in the hallway is an evolution of the tires at Indianapolis. So you start with the really skinny sidewall mm-hmm. um, tire. We had. Mario Andretti come and help us with the opening. And he's looking at this display and he said, oh, 1964, the tires that were on the Lotus. He was looking at that and he goes, oh, I designed these tires. So I love it. Race car drivers, if they do a tire test, um, they, they've designed the tires. Mm-hmm. So I have air quotes going. You can't hear that over the radio. But <laughs> they've designed the tires and they've chosen the tires. So Mario said to me, just like any race car driver right now would, is that I designed those tires. And he said, these are really neat because the they brought the tires and they hadn't gotten around to grooving them yet and they didn't have time to groove them. So what they ran them and it was December and it was starting to snow and they were essentially slicks. It's the first time we had used slicks and they set an unofficial track record. Can't be a track record because they didn't do tech inspection, but an unofficial track record on tires that they had meant to groove and they didn't get around to doing it. Now was it, that was for to dissipate heat, wasn't it? Yes. That's why they had the treading on the, and then now was that because of the, because the tires, the they were getting thinner and thinner, weren't they? Yep. And okay. right now they're a lot thinner than they were back in 1965. Maybe a couple credit th- cards thick. Really? Yes. Unless it rains, and then we have a lot right. more gauge. Well, speaking of that, that was my next question. I guess you, you guys have developed a new rain tire. Yeah. So why? So this is really what, one of the things that we're doing out of the track is we're getting feedback from the drivers. The drivers get out of the car, and they say, I like this, I like this, I didn't like this. So if you're talking to... 
um, a good driver that can give you really good feedback. You can figure out what area of the tire you need to improve. So looking at our last rain tire, it was time for an update. Um, was a couple of the drivers said that they didn't like how the car was in hydroplaning. So we looked at how do we improve a tire that makes visibility better. So back before you when you had wheel guards on, there wasn't as much spray, but removing the wheel guards, we knew we were, mm -hmm. spray behind the car was going to become an issue. So we worked with um, some of our pattern development groups, working with some of the same engineers that designed the Bridgestone and Firestone passenger tires that you drive on. They were helping us to develop a pattern that was going to be best for any cars. So in this case, getting the water out of the contact patch. I love this tire. So as an engineer, I'm very, I'm very much a geek, right? So I love technology. And the fact that engineers designed this tire and industrial di designers didn't have any part in it at all was really cool for me. With this weekend for our listeners, I mean, you have engineers in each, in, in each pit stall and they oversee when they take the tires off, checking air pressures and wear and stuff like that. And then that's, put in a database and sent back to Acuron to... Yeah, that's, so that's that's absolutely part of it. So we're getting all that data. All that data, is our, they're going into spreadsheets. They're, they're things that we analyze right after the race. But a very important thing for each engineer that's out there is to be able to communicate back to me so I can communicate to the entire team what we're seeing. So do you still do the little paper? We still have the little carbon okay. copy papers. Yeah. Okay. So that's that's been the easiest way. We've looked at like little barcode systems or, mm -hmm. or printouts or tablets. It just is not quite as reliable as a, a nice carbon copy. For paper. those wondering, when a car pulls in, usually if you see it on TV, you'll see a, a guy walk out to the tires and they'll do, they'll do three readings. That's usually the tire engineer yep. and they scribble the, the temperatures and they usually hand it to the lead engineer, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, a guy or lady as it be. Yes. We're all working out in pit lane and they're able to get that to the either the lead tire engineer or the tire specialist for the team. Okay. It gives them a quick way to see, do I have enough camber? Are my suspension settings right? Do am I running enough pressure and am I, and am I running too much pressure? You can look at those really quickly. And if the outside of your tire is so much different than the inside of your tire, you know, you might probably need to add a little camber or take a little camber out. It's really helpful to them, and it's really helpful for us afterwards. Talking to Kara Adams of Firestone Racing. And uh, <clears throat> somebody told me that you tried out for American Ninja. <laughs> So Who tell us you? about that. I... Okay, so this was fun. I I got a call from IndyCar in December, and they said, all right, we know you're a triathlete. You know, we know you try to keep fit. Would you ever consider competing in American Ninja Warrior? And I, I laughed at first. I said, I can't do a pull-up. I probably can't even do a push-up. At the time, I couldn't. And they said, we know, would you consider it? And I said, well, can you give me a couple of weeks to decide whether I can consider right. it or not? So they're like, yeah, you know, you have you have three weeks. So it's like, okay, well, let me see what I can do in three weeks. And like an engineer, I know there are experts that know this better than I do. So I called a trainer that I had worked with in the past and said, here's this thing. I don't even know if it's possible. I'm not built like one of these people, but, mm -hmm. but who knows? Like, I've never been able to do a pull-up in my life, but maybe if I try hard enough, I can do it. If I have a plan, I can stick to it. So I started working with a trainer, and then after a few weeks, um, I started seeing strength gains more and more and more. And then at some point, I was miraculously able to do pull-ups and all kinds of like fun jumping things, swinging and hanging and swinging from one thing to the other, things that I thought never thought in my life I'd be able to do. But again... And I'm an engineer, so I see a plan and I tackle it with a plan. I've, I've got to figure out how to do it. I've never done it before, but I'm going to have to figure out how to do it. So, so much fun. Well, that, that that's excellent. And uh, we wish you the best luck in that endeavor. Thank you. Eddie, anything yeah. else? No, I mean, it's exciting. This 
being here at Road America. Oh, love this track. The Firestone tires. Well, yeah, what's your favorite part of, not racing part of it, but everything that's involved with Road America? Ah, what, what do you look most look forward to? I don't know. Our team just doesn't stop talking about double brats. Okay. <laughs> so that's, that's the big thing. The, Eddie, the Eddie had here. a situation with double brats a couple <laughs> oh, years no. ago. So, yeah. I'm still having flashbacks. Oh. I'm, I'm to the veggie burger now. Oh, yeah, me too. You ever see, oh, you know, if, when you watch those nature shows where they show the python after he ate a goat, that's oh, kind of yeah. how Eddie was uh, after he ate yeah. too many well, of those one day. Max Pappas, a few years ago, he had like four or five of them. And he was dying the next day. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. And uh, I had shades it. of that. I mean, they taste really good. Well, they're, they're phenomenal. They're yeah. amazing. Yeah, too many kidney stones later, and I can't eat meat anymore. So I, I envy the people who can, but it looked it looked like it's pretty. No, but walking around this track, that's the other thing. Like, just being able to walk around, see the elevation. We talked last year about how I actually got to get in a, a car with Mario and Andretti mm-hmm. around here, and it was it was one of the best experiences of my life. There's nothing like seeing some of the downhill, uphill, the like, are, is he going to break? Is he going to, okay, <laughs> no, he's breaking. Okay. <laughs> well, amazing. We had Mario in earlier and we were talking about the t- two seat ride because I had one about five years ago. And uh, <sighs> it's amazing, isn't it? I mean, oh, here it's... you are, they sponsor the deal mm-hmm. and you're getting a ride with them. And it it's unbelievable when you think about you know, a legend like him driving you around a track like this. Yeah, it's it's unlike anything else. It's funny because I could tell you all about the mechanical properties of a tire, why they work, but seeing them actually work, it's kind of, is this black magic or is it somehow <laughs> physics is working here to hold me to the ground? And I understand it in my head, but just until you get into the car, you don't have the respect for these cars. It's wow. amazing. And the drivers. And yeah. the drivers. It's yeah, amazing how, lo- how good he looks. You know, he's- oh, yeah. He is. He's jumping over a pit wall. He's, yeah. Yeah. Doesn't stop him. Yeah. I'll tell He's you. He's amazing. It is. It's amazing. And it's the Firestone thing with Mario and doing this at the racetrack is really good for the fans. It's, oh, it is. I mean, I for years I've seen these people get out. They were getting out yesterday and, you know, the, when the look walk, on their face is yeah. just, yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, the look on their face and when they walk away from it and they get the pictures and they go home, and then and that's something you got to talk about. You yeah. know, they're they're talking to all of their neighbors, the guy at the grocery yeah. store, you name it. Oh, what's new with you? Well, I got to tell you yes. about this. And know? they're talking about the car and yep. the driver and the tires. Yep. It's okay. all, yeah, the whole thing. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, Kara, thanks so much. We appreciate you taking time out, and best of luck this weekend. Thanks so much for having me again. And uh, really we'll look forward it. to doing this again next year. Let's make a date. Uh, excellent. Thank you. It's Kara Adams right. with Firestone Racing, uh, lead engineer, chief engineer, chief yeah. engineer with Firestone Racing. Not that I'm counting. I know. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thank you. You're listening to the Final Inspection Show brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway and David Hobbs Honda. We'll be back after this. This is Final Inspection with Steve Zockey. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove on 105.7 FM, The Fan. And welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway and David Ob's Honda. And joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, it is Scott Paddock, president of Chicagoland Speedway. How are you doing, Scott? I'm doing great. Good to be back on with you guys. And uh, you you certainly have an exciting weekend coming up, and uh, this is a pretty big deal. I mean, it, there's a little something for everybody 
And uh, you you get a four day weekend of stock car racing at Chicagoland Speedway, don't you? You got it. It's the big one. It's the one time of year the best stock car drivers on the planet come to come to the region and our market here in the Chicagoland region. Short drive down from Milwaukee, and it's action packed. Kicks off Thursday night with the ARCA series, a great way to look at the future stars of the sport. And then NASCAR's three national touring series, the trucks under the lights on Friday night, the Xfinity series on Saturday, and then the big one, the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup series with names like Martin Truex Jr. and Kyle, Kurt Busch, and Kevin Harvick, and uh, lots on the line. Remember, if they win, win our race, they punch their ticket for that 10-week championship stretch in, uh, in the fall. Yeah, and uh, the I, I'm a big fan of the Arca series, and it's on it's on a Thursday, but definitely worth getting out there. I mean, yeah, a lot of the young stars like Natalie Decker, but then you also think about her car owner Bill Venturini, who is from the Chicago area and uh, is driven around there a couple times as well as the Milwaukee Mile. So make sure you get out there, check out the Arca race and all the other great races at Chicagoland Speedway. Is there a, a with with a camping, I mean, if 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 you're gonna go camping, this is the way to go because you got four days to do it, don't you? That's right, and we've got uh, for folks who haven't been to Chicagoland Speedway, we've got 900 acres of lush green real estate, four uh, four ponds and lakes, and just a beautiful backdrop for camping. And you know, I, I tell you, there's some great uh, culinary dishes that are prepared over the weekend. I, that's my favorite part of the weekend is visiting our campers and. Uh, sitting down and breaking bread with them throughout the weekend. They put on a pretty good spread. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I love your track. Obviously, it's my hometown track. Being from the Chicago area, I've only been up here in Milwaukee five years. And what I love about it is that, you know, it doesn't matter if you've got the – if you're sitting in row one or if you're all the way at the top with the best seats in the house, you can see every inch of the track, all the racing. You know, nothing's nothing's hidden. There's no corners you're missing – Pit Road is right out in front of the grandstands. It is fantastic. The setup is amazing. And I know you guys are always doing improvements uh, at Chicagoland as well. What's new this year, Scott? You know, we've got a lot going on. We actually procured uh, four Chicago L-car trains, and we actually laid rail in our midway. We've got these four trains that we've branded with a musical theme, and we're creating like a Chicago L-car platform, and that's where all the music's going to be this weekend it's called the soundtrack at chicago and speedway so really cool backdrop right in our midway area and uh we've got a lot of new chairback seats and drink rails for our fans and and to your point the 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 track was built below ground so there's even if you're in that first row you can see the entire 360 degree circumference of the track because uh you know we were the most recently built track in 2001 so leverage a lot of the great learning from other facilities in the in the building chicago and speedway have you encountered any difficulties um, since you've had to switch your race weekend? You know, it's it's a little disruptive that first year with fans getting used to it after seven days of what we call date equity. But long term, it's going to be a good move for us. It's a return to our roots. In the summertime, kids are out of school. Families are looking for things to do. We're no longer going up against the NFL and pennant races and high school uh, athletics. So, Long term, it'll be good, but uh, it'll it'll usually when a when a venue like ours changes the date, it takes a year or so for the fans to get accustomed to that new date. But uh, but it's also an opportunity to attract a lot of new fans who couldn't come 
because of conflicts in the fall previously. Yeah, I agree. I thought you always got the bad end of the stick because it was always week one of the NFL season, and uh, you know you're going straight head to head with them. It's brutal. Now, one of the big uh, topics going into Chicago Land is that'll be the first race that uh, Dale Jr is going to be in the booth as part of the broadcast team. Does that bring a whole new uh, circus uh, to town for, for you guys over at Chicagoland? Oh, we're thrilled. I mean, we're part of it when NASCAR decided to rotate a few dates and NBC found out we were in play. They they jumped at the opportunity to, to grab our date, and they wanted us to kick off their second-half broadcast schedule. So They've been a great promotional partner, and you're right. It's the return of Dale Jr. to the racetrack, and he's been doing a ton of pre-promotional activity for us. And, and he'll be out there, and they're, they're actually setting up uh, you know, the broadcast booth on, 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 in, one of the pit air, in one of the pit stalls. So that's where Jr. and Steve Letard will be. So we're going to create a college game day type of atmosphere, and the fans will be up close there and uh, right near Dale Jr., Talking with Scott Paddock, president of Chicagoland Speedway. And I, I'm just looking at the schedule here at ChicagolandSpeedway.com. And you guys got something pretty much mapped out pretty much all the time. And there's lots of uh, opportunities for the fans to meet the drivers and, like, the aforementioned uh, music uh, with with the the live music and, the, and all this activity. Well, what, what's one of the things that's been, that's been real popular with that over the years? Well, you're, you're right. I mean, these weekends are much more than just the racing action. This is a festival type of atmosphere with a lot of pageantry, a lot of pomp and circumstance. And we've got something for everyone. Music is a big part of the weekend, camping, tailgating. You know that NASCAR differentiates itself from all other sports because of the access it provides the fans. And we've got an infield fan zone that gets you inside the ropes to view tech inspection in the garage area, get inside victory lane, be on the red carpet as the drivers are walking to the driver's meeting, and, um, and, and be in the front row for driver intros and our pre-race concert. We've got country music superstar Randy Hauser doing an hour-long pre-race concert uh, before the race. So it's an action-packed weekend. Again, music's a big part of it. And, and we actually, when you think of summer, you think of pool parties too, right? So we have a larger-than-life above-ground pool and we're going to be having X-game athletes doing all types of ex- exhibitions with paddleboarding and wakeboarding and zip lining in the water. Really cool. And we actually have a lot of NASCAR teams signed up, uh, including Penske Racing and uh, Childress and others that are going to be competing for charity in a paddleboard competition. So you don't want to miss that either. Sounds like a lot of fun. And uh, so we got four days of racing coming up at Chicagoland Speedway, culminating with the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series Overton's 400. What's the easiest way to get tickets? Fans can go onto our website, chicagolandspeedway.com, or call 888-629-RACE, 888-629-RACE. It's an easy drive down from Milwaukee, easy to get in and out of our facility. And I also want to mention we've got a dirt track, and Saturday night after that Xfinity race, Tony Stewart, is bringing his uh, his new dirt track series over there, and so good chance to see Tony Stewart and a lot of drivers for any of those dirt track fans. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Scott. Appreciate you taking hey. time out. Hey, thanks a lot for having me on, guys. All right, Scott Paddock, president of Chicagoland Speedway, and we'll be back in a moment on the Final Inspection Show.
Joining us in studio, IndyCar driver for the A.J. Foyt Enterprises Group, Tony Kanan. Everybody knows the name and the face. How you doing? I want a sub now. <laughs> I got hungry There's over a cousin's sudden. down the street, so we should have something shipped over for you here if you're going to be right. here about a half an hour. We'll be here. So let, let me just uh, let me start talking about just your, your, your career in general. Um, when years ago, I mean, I covered Indy, and then there was the split, and mm-hmm. it went to cart, and then everything kind of cart fell apart, and it all came back. And your career has, has sustained all of that. Yeah. You know, when you look back on your career and everything you guys went through, do you ever take time to take it in? Yeah, I mean, you you think about it, especially lately, uh, you know, as years go by and you keep, you know, this is my 21st season in IndyCar. Right. So uh, you start thinking about things that you've been through and, mm-hmm. you know, you talk to friends, some guys are retired already and, you know, you look you look back. I mean, to be honest, uh, I could never dreamed that I would have come this far anyway. You know, right. if you had told me that 20 years ago, a guy that came from Brazil, didn't speak any English, uh, it's going to be this successful. Um, I don't think I could script that. Obviously, I worked for it. But, uh, yeah, and, and, you know, we're just talking in the car on the way here. We drove uh, from uh, – I drove from Indy last night, stay in Chicago, and mm-hmm. we're driving down here, and we're talking, me and Benito, the guy that works for me, uh, you know, about, you know, the the things that we, we've been through, the things that you survived, and how things went one way and didn't go the other way. Yeah. But if it had gone this way, you know, it's all right. those things. And, uh, you know uh, – I'm glad that we're here. And just uh, you know, it's a it's a good feeling, and I think the series it's been growing since the split definitely hurt us back in the day, as yeah. you know. So yeah, um, when you go and you start to reflect, and you were talking about the the things that have gone well and things that haven't, was there ever a time that you said, "Man, I I, I don't need this"? Yeah, um, I think uh, the worst and the darkest time was when we lost Dan Weldon mm-hmm. in 2011. I think that made me really think and then it's just because i think plenty of factors right he was my best friend it was a very tragic um accident i already had a family at the time mm-hmm. you know and then you start thinking about your kids we were just talking yeah. about your kids you're right. taking your kids to the track my kids are coming to the track so you start evaluating things saying is this worth it or not you know mm-hmm. i think uh but at growing up as a kid since um i was eight years old that's all i wanted it to do so yes that was a time that I put a little bit more effort thinking or doubting that should I continue to do this. Right. And here we are in 2018, and I'm still here. So Something brings you back, though. It, it, it's, yeah. they, they talk about greats being either overly competitive or you can't just get you, – you, you walk away and you miss the smell of the pits and the guys around you. I mean, what would it be? What brings you back? Well, racing is my life. I'm, I'm 43 years old, and I started doing this when I was eight. Don't so, get me wrong. I don't want you to go away anytime. No, no, so. no. But, that's, but I'm, I'm just no, saying. I'm trying to explain it yeah. to you because that's an explanation to myself and to the people around me because at home I get asked the same question, right? I have mm-hmm. three kids, another one on the way. My wife is seven months oh, pregnant. Oh, congratulations. So, you know, I keep I got asked that question quite often, and, and I don't know another way to live my life. I understand it's going to come to a point that probably I'm going to have to make that decision. Um I think I'm in a verge of, you know, when I signed, I raced for AJ Foyt. Mm-hmm. Uh, I signed with him last year. Um, I knew that, and actually I told him that. I think that's going to be my last contract. Um, mm-hmm. We have a three-year deal. I'm on uh, my first year. So a couple of years from now, so we'll talk like about So you're like breaking news here now. Uh, I mean, are you, or it, are you it, the Brett Favre of racing? That's the thing. You never know. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, AJ raced until he was 58. Right. 
I don't think I'm going to make that far. But uh, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm not. I try not to. I told my wife that uh, I talked to AJ a lot about this because I said, how was it? Yeah. You know, you raced until you were 58. He says, yeah, I think I stopped three years too late. Mm-hmm. You know, and then I said, but how how it happened? And he said, I didn't plan. He's not that type of guy, right? right. He's not the type of guy like Mario. Oh, yeah. Mario had his farewell. Mm-hmm. And he says, I woke up one day and I said, that's it. Mm-hmm. And that was it. Yeah. And and I'm not trying to, not because I drive for him, but we have a very similar personalities in many ways. And I think uh, that's probably going to be me. I think people around me would like to see a farewell or something. They might do that for me, but I, I think I'll be like, guys, that's it. Starting out my career at Indy was one of the very first sporting events I ever covered. I had a chance to meet AJ Foyt. He was very nice to me. Okay, let me say that. I don't know what it is <laughs> about lucky. some of the guys that are testy, but he, he was very nice to me maybe because I was new. But what is it like to be with a guy that has the reputation for being that, we'll say, cantankerous? I'm being very nice, I guess. To be honest, I mean, AJ's that type of guy that you want him on your side. He will pick up your fights, and if he's, he likes you, you're good. So, And I like people like that. I am exactly like that. If I... If I don't like you, you're going to know. I can't hide it. I can't be, you know, sometimes I think I hurt myself in my career being the way I am. But uh, that's why we get along. And it's, I have to say, it's been a great experience. I mean, the guy, uh, you know, it's, he's 83. He still gives me tips about racing and he hasn't been racing for 20 some Mm -hmm. years, you know, so uh, a lot of knowledge. Um, He tells you the truth. The way it is. Yeah. There is no filter. And then I think, you know, in a way, I like that. You kind of appreciate that, oh, right? Oh, I definitely At do. At least you always know where you stand. Exactly. Exactly. If, if you didn't do a good job, he's going to tell you in your face. Sitting here talking with Tony Kanan, IndyCar driver for the A.J. Foyt Enterprises Group. And uh, you guys are getting ready to run at Road America. You left Chicago. You're on your way there after this. Uh, so what is it about Road America? We, uh, we've had a chance to chat in the past, and everybody seems to have their own take on the elevations on the turns on the road course on the setting what is it about road america that you like it's my favorite road course in the entire world and i've been around you know it is everything about that track it's the elevation it's the blind corners it's the fast corners it's the slow corners it's the challenge of the longest lap Mm -hmm. you know you go out and uh, you start a lap if you make a mistake in lap one it's going to take you three minutes to get right (laughs) to get around you're like man or you're going on a good lap, and you know it's six corners to go, and you're like, man, I, I can't, I can't make a mistake. So it's, it's everything. I, I've, I've loved the atmosphere. I love the place. When we came back to race there, I think the fans did justice to the name. You can see how busy that weekend, this weekend right. is. I know for me, a very special weekend. Um, ABC, uh, my main, my main sponsor. It's from Beloit, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Right. So they're gonna be there with more than 500 people. And, um, they have a awesome. couple of extra passes. Let us know. Yeah, <laughs> I think we do. I think we do. <laughs> um, I, I did want to ask you because uh, when people come to the Road America, it, it, it like you talked about the challenges. When they used to race at the mile, the mile very not a lot of slope to it, hard on uh, understeer and a lot of physicality to it. You just knew you couldn't make a mistake because it was more physical. Is this one more mentally challenging at Road America, or is it more physically challenging, or is it on kind of an equal plane? I think it's in an equal plane because uh, it's a long lap. You can't make mistakes. Um, you have to concentrate a lot, but it's still very, very physical. You know, the carousel, I mean, it's right. kind of a tough corner. The kink, it's very fast. With this new aero configuration at the test, we're doing a 
into turn one, 195 miles an hour. We haven't done that in a long time. Wow. You know, so uh, it's, uh, I think it's very equal. I mean, the Mayo was one of my favorite ovals. I yeah. love that place. I mean, I still wish we could go back there. I had a lot of success there, a lot of wins. Uh, but the oval, usually it's a different mentality anyway. Do you like racing that oval? I mean, I know you, yes, you, you, I love you're bringing it. that up. But. I love it. And, and I think uh, a shame that uh, I think we, we that race got hurt because of the split. Right. You know, for sure. I mean, yeah. because it used to be packed. It used to be the race after the 500. Right. If everybody was to come to watch. And, you know, uh, Michael Andretti made a lot of effort to, to keep the race right. in the calendar. ABC was sponsoring the race, but, um, you know, for There's some reason. There's a lot of business things behind that, though, that you, you got to be able to market it properly. You got to bring enough fans in, and then you got to be able to pay the state. And the problem was that uh, I think in one of those things, I mean, obviously we didn't have enough fans coming back. Yeah. And I think that was a huge, you know, huge yeah. thing. And, you know, there's a lot of politics. The it's politics park went and, into it know, that yeah. made it almost, yeah. you were almost a million bucks before you even got, got through the first ticket. So, exactly. yeah, it was, I know it was tough. Let's do, you're sticking around for another segment, right? Of course. I'm Let's waiting for my sub. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so if somebody's out there cruising around and stops at a cousin's, for God's sakes, bring Tony Kanan a pepperoni I'll, I'll pay. I'll yeah. pay. <laughs> Stay tuned. We are broadcasting live inside our studios. We'll be inside the uh, Point Creek RV studios tomorrow up there at Road America as we broadcast live from the media center and cover the likes of Tony Kanan, IndyCar driver, as they get ready to run through Road America and Elkhart Lake. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. This is Final Inspection with Steve Zockey. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Let's get back and hear the conclusion of the Tony Kanan interview from a couple days ago on the Bill Michaels Show. Welcome back to the program, the Bill Michaels Show. We uh, continue continue our discussion here in studio. Tony Kanan, longtime IndyCar driver, A.J. Foyt Enterprises. You've seen him uh, win numerous races if you pay attention to IndyCar, which I'm sure you do. And speaking of that, Tony, um, we have seen other race circuits' popularity ratings decline. What is it about Indy? Because if you look at the numbers, I was just just in preparation for this race. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at television numbers, revenue numbers, and stuff. You guys, while everybody else is on the decline, you've either stayed at the same level or you've risen in areas. What has it been about IndyCar that's become more appealing? Well, I think, to be honest, I think we 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 lost a lot of fans over the years with the split, and now you know we have the fastest cars on earth. I mean, we go 200. 45 miles an hour top speed in Indianapolis. I mean, nobody does that. We're very competitive, and we have good personalities. I think we have a good group of guys that help promote. IndyCar is doing a great job getting the world, you know, known and the word out there to to see what we what we are all about. Very accessible, mm-hmm. like you said. Right. You bring your kids this weekend. The kids under 16 are free. Coming right. free this right. weekend. Can come in. We do autograph sessions during the weekend for one hour. Anybody that wants an autograph can come and get it. Um, I think that's you know, as a parent nowadays, that's what I want to take my kids. I don't right. want to take my kids when they go and you don't have access to anything, and you got to be sitting there, and that's it. You know, I think I think we're diversified a lot, and uh, I think you know the product also is good. The competition is good. Um, yeah, it's you know 
one of the most competitive series I've been in. I've been around for a long time, and this year, the past three or four years, it's been really tough. It's so competitive that I think people like that too. Uh, I, I I would agree with the accessibility. I agree about the kids. Uh, I think when you look at the spectacle that is, say, Indy, the, the 500, always kicks things off in the right way. Although, I got to tell you, some of the best publicity you got was that General Motors executive crashing on that, <laughs> that, on that lead that lap. For Corvette, was was perfect. Because <laughs> you know? he said, well, it was track conditions and weather. What the hell? It was not. He, he juiced it coming out of the corner and it, hit the wall. You know, I have that car. Yeah. Actually, I just had got my car a week before that race. And uh, it is a 755-horsepower street car. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of people can be able to handle that with the traction control off. And they turned right. it off because it was... And it was some of the track conditions, but right. I, when he guessed it, man, it's I was like, "Ooh, that's not going to be good." <laughs> yeah, somebody go pick up the front end so we can keep. Moving. So, but the, you know, I heard that they got seventy percent more publicity on that car. I bet after that, I know, than even before they launched. That's so. what I'm saying. You get Indy, and it was a it was a great. It's always the greatest spectacle in racing, and then you get some guy from General Motors crashing into the wall, and you get all the publicity. It's Prove, fantastic. proving that the vet was really safe, and everybody <laughs> yeah. walked away. <laughs> yeah, that was the comment. Is oh, by the way, all the airbags deployed. We're good to go. So uh, going back to Road America, this race, um, obviously uh, you, you want to win it. You want to perform well. We've had numerous people that have not been able to either finish this race or have fallen off. Uh, this you talked about the ability between mental and physical. How many passing areas are there on this? course does it allow for a lot of competitive racing in that sense and then how much does it come down to the guys in the pits there are at least four good areas of passing which is remarkable for a, a road course um indycar is a team sport i mean uh, if you think about that we had you know in indianapolis 33 cars qualifying in one second mm-hmm. from between first right. to last and how competitive the races are you depend a lot on your team a pit stop. We do at least three pit stops, maybe four during the race in Road America. And they're usually between seven to nine seconds. If you have a difference between first and the 23rd, we only have 23 cars here, divide by a second and a half, mm-hmm. and you lose three seconds in the pits, right. that's going to go from, you're going to go from first to last. Right. So you're depending a lot. Sometimes a lot of the work that you do on the track can be lost in the pits. Mm-hmm. So, you, we rely a lot on your guys. You have four guys, you know, five, six guys on the pit stops, one on each wheel, one on the air jack and the fueler. So that takes, you know, takes a lot. And they can gain a lot of positions for you as well. They do a pit stop a second quicker. You can pick up three right. or four positions. So it's it's all those things that need to happen for you to win this race. Being one of the veterans on this circuit, going back to you were talking about your age before, um, you look at sabermetrics like through baseball or even football, and you look at the trajectory as your physical ability hits 27, 28, 29 years old, and the mental ability really begins to take over after that. How much more, how much better are you because of the mental aspect of it, because you've been through it, and because of the patience maybe that you've gained as opposed to a young guy that's got all the ability in the world but just may not know it as well? Yeah, I mean, I think this is was, was something that I've always uh, – had in my mind. I mean, I wanted to last, be more physically fit, mentally sharper than mm-hmm. other guys, and I always did double the workout and and did stuff like that. And and to me nowadays, because you can see, the life of athlete, any athlete, you can talk about LeBron, we can talk about anybody, Kobe, Michael Jordan, or whoever. But you know, 
you know, even the football, any of the greats, any of the greats. Uh, some of the guys that were able to extend their career was because they kept they kept themselves physically fit. But then you cannot beat the experience, mm-hmm. and that's what you know. I remember looking back in the days now, how much energy I lost driving the car because I was just trying to hustle. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, you just have the experience. You know what's going to happen. You pace yourself. You're more calm. Sure. You're, you know, you know what's going to happen most of the time. So, I mean, I think that's the advantage of. That's why we're still lasting it this like long. You're the old guy driving a Buick in yeah. the back. <laughs> the turn signal still on. Exactly, but then you just go around and you said, "See, I still made it in the same time yeah. as you." That you cut through traffic and you tried to go in the back roads and this and that, right. and I'm here. How uh, how difficult is it because you do travel a lot? And we only got a couple minutes left, but uh, do you, you get a chance? You were talking about the kids because my kids are going to come and enjoy it. I, my fiance is going to come up and enjoy it. But how do you get a chance to travel with the kids? Does the family travel with you? Yeah, I mean uh, we tried uh, as much as we can. Obviously, between school, I have an 11, a ten year old, a three year old, uh, eighteen month old, and one on the way, and one on the way. Yeah. So. Uh, the three-year-old, the ten-year-old, obviously with school, it's a bigger challenge. Yeah. But you know, we take them. I well, mean, if your ten-year-old's there; they can play with my ten-year-old, and then we'll, we'll deal. We'll, we'll deal. Send but, them off. But they come. You know, yeah. we stay in a motorhome every race as yeah. a driver. You know, that's a good thing because they have a place to stay sure. during the day. But yeah, which is good; they get to enjoy it. We're looking forward to it. Best of luck and stay safe. Uh, now, yeah. uh, last year we had Helio on, and uh, this year we're going to be talking about uh, all, all Tony Canon all the time. So <laughs> appreciate it. And Thank uh, you. Ho- now, are you going to be the one driving the two-seater? By the way. No, I can't. We're not allowed because that's extra laps okay. that we Is get that on the right? track. But okay. you might get lucky and get Mario Andretti. Now, Mario, I actually gave the award of excellence to when I did the Lombardi ball here. So See? I have so, a relationship with Mario, Mario a little bit. The, he's a blast to do it. So I think Unless I pissed honored. him off, then he could just take me around and make me throw up. He, he's still going <laughs> to do that even if you don't piss him off. <laughs> All I want to do is, uh, yeah, I, like I said, I'm getting married, and if I could do that as like a kind of a wedding present, send her out on the track too, that would be... I'm pretty sure it'll be... A, be organized I said Tony you. sent me. That's what I'm going to do. Hey, it is a pleasure. Great to talk Thank to you. you. We Thank certainly you. appreciate you stopping by, okay? Appreciate it. Best Thank of you. luck. Stay safe. There you go. Tony Canon joining us here in studio, IndyCar driver for AJ Foyt Enterprise. He's going to go ahead and take a quick break. Got a lot more to chat about, man. I don't know how we're going to top that. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show right here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM. The fan brought to you, of course, by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. And you can hear Mr. Great Lakes Dragway, Roy Henning. He's going to join the roundtable on the Brewers on Deck show coming up next here on these fine airwaves. But uh, let's welcome in the man live from Road America, Mr. Steve Zaki. Steve How's it going out there today? Pretty good. No complaints on my end. Yeah, what a perfect day. It was like uh, you wished all the clouds away, and uh, everything just seems to turn uh, to sunshine and rainbows when you're around, Steve. Yeah, we, we just got in our second race of the day. Uh, the, the the formula, the Cooper Formula F2000s just finished up their, their race, and earlier today in this, the first Indy Lights race of two, there'll be another one tomorrow. Colton Herta, who runs for Andretti Autosport, along with George Steinbrenner Racing, uh, he won the Indy Lights race. So another another notch in the Colton Herta 
who's probably the hottest young driver, American young driver, looking to get in the IndyCar uh, perhaps next year. Nice, nice. Any uh, any good battles for the lead, good crashes, anything like that? No, it was just, uh, you know, battles early on, but, you know, with the with the diminutive field, let's call it, uh, no, it wasn't the, the, the greatest of races, to be honest. But uh, Colton Herta did take – did uh, him and uh, Pat Paddle Award did battle for the lead and uh, was hurt and taking the lead and and he's the uh, he's kind of the flavor of the day right now. I mean, well deserved too. He's he's been uh, on a hot streak and there's rumors of him. Uh, you know, the 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 general consensus is him uh, thinking of uh, you know staying you know moving up to IndyCar with Andretti Autosport next year. But the rumors in the paddock uh, this weekend is don't be so sure of that. You know, it could be a situation where, uh, you know, he could end up with another team, perhaps even uh, Ray L. Letterman. Who knows? Nice. Nice. Now, I was looking today, and uh, it looks like your boy Robert Wickens topped the speed chart in final practice out there at Road America. God, he's having a great season. Yeah, and it's interesting. Last year, you know, he did a test here. And it was more or less just he went, as one of the boxes he wanted to check off was to test an IndyCar. And he, here we are, you know, just, just over a year later, and, you know, he's easily the rookie of the year battling uh, for wins and, and, believe it or not, upstaging his teammate James Hinchcliffe so far this year. Yeah, and I know that we're, what, an hour and seven minutes away from three stages of knockout qualifying to find out who sits on the pole for t- tomorrow's race, so there's still time to get out there, listen to the final seven minutes, of course, of this fine program, and then get in the car and go out to uh, Road America and check out all the great racing because you've been out there, what, now uh, two, three days. What, what's what been the highlight for you so far? Well, obviously, as you, as you heard earlier today, was he being able to interview Mario Andretti, who is, uh, you know, the guy's 78 years old, Jeff. And I think he could, you know, easily outrun us. <laughs> well, know? he can outrun me he's for a, sure. I can tell you that. <laughs> the guy is, is looks, you know, 10, 15 years younger than he is. He's a bundle of energy. And as he said on the interview, he keeps a very busy schedule. But it's all the, you know, all the stuff he wants to do. So, and he's, he's just really enjoying it. And he's, as he, like you said, you know, driving at, at the IndyCar two-seater, he, you know, he likes to push it and and really give the you know the the, the rider the the feel of an indie car you know breaking yeah yeah that's fantastic because you know my uh my thing with those two seat rides would be you know if they're just sitting there and kind of taking it easy or whatever that that doesn't sound like a whole lot of fun you know what I'm saying well here's a little here, here's a little uh, uh, a little tidbit here. When I was, you know, when I was working with the Milwaukee Mile is, is how, you know, I got on to be on Sparky's, the old Sparky final inspection show, or, or you know, early on. And we arranged a two-seater ride for Sparky. And I'm not sure if it was Mario. might have been Ari Leindyke might have taken him out, I believe, or Davey Hamilton, one of the two. But uh, we, we got him out on the Milwaukee Mile. And he, he admitted that he had really changed his opinion of IndyCar racing. So I think it kind of ticked, and that's one of that's one of the reasons why they, they, they do it, not only to 
you know, it, 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 it kind of brings so those media members who think thinks it's just cars going around in a circle, when you actually are in, in, in a car that's driven with anger, it's impressive. It really is. And I, I've done, uh, you know, I, I've, I've been in a, in a car here. I rode America heading into turn five at 140 miles an hour. Gets your attention. But the thing <laughs> is, okay, you get that sensation of speed, but anybody who's, who's been in a car like that, the other thing is that, that that's so interesting is, is those negative G-forces under braking. And especially anyone that's driven like Formula One, they say acceleration is unbelievable. But as Jeff Gordon found out when he drove uh, Juan Montoya's car at the Speedway about 10 years ago, you know, Montoya told him to tighten his, tech, you know, his neck muscles uh, when he starts to brake. And Gordon was like, yeah, okay, whatever, you know. And he went into the, the, uh, the long back street at Indianapolis on the road course, and he braked. He couldn't believe how quickly the car stopped, and he actually had what they call like a brownout, where all the blood rushed out of your head, and <laughs> the things kind of went, woo. <laughs> and, then, and then when he made the turn, you know, everything kind of like, oh. And he's like, holy cow, yeah, he is right. I do have to tighten up the tech, you know, you have to tighten up your neck muscles almost like a, like a fighter pilot. Yeah. Yeah, that's fantastic. So we've got pretty much at the end of the show here, so it's time to get down to picks, Steve. Who uh, who do you like for tomorrow out at Road America, the Kohler Grand Prix? If I would, if I was going to bet money, it would be Joseph Newgarden and Team Penske. They've been very strong all weekend. Uh, my heart, I just have a feeling about uh, Alexander Rossi. Okay, um, he, he's he's also looked pretty good. And he looks very racy this weekend. I can't give you much more of an opinion than that. But I just got a feeling about Rossi. I could be all wet on it. But like I said, if you want to place, if you want to win some money, I'd go with Newgarden. But feel free to put a couple bucks on uh, Rossi if you want to. All right. I uh, I think I'm going to go with uh, Mr. Three Names and uh, take Ryan Hunter Ray again. That's uh, a good pick. Yeah. You know, he's he's been fast in practice up there. So, uh so I'll take Ray. Now, uh, NASCAR is doing the right and left turns as well this weekend out at Sonoma. What a wonderful weekend, Jeff. It's, it, it, it's a wonderful weekend when you have two road courses on the same day. Right. So uh, <laughs> who, uh, who do you like for this, uh, this NASCAR show tomorrow? Uh, also, uh, betting, a betting man, I would go with Kyle Busch. But I like uh, Kevin Harvick. Harvick has been very strong on the road courses as of late, as is Kyle Busch, too, also. But uh, I like Kyle Busch. And then you wonder about somebody like uh, Kyle Larson. He's another one that could be you could throw in that hat. If you would pick, like, a three-win-place show, I would kind of like Harvick, Kyle Busch, and Kyle Larson as my three. Okay. Um, I'm going to go in a little different direction. I know, you know, Kurt Busch, he led happy hour. He's been fantastic on the road courses. Um, I want to give a shout out to Chris, uh, Boucher, you know, he, he finished last practice sixth in speed. So congratulations, Michael McDowell was 10th, but obviously I'm not picking those guys, you know, well, McDowell is, you know, McDowell comes from a road racing background and that's one of the kind of sad things I kind of miss is when a guy could, you know, race in NASCAR and do pretty decent. You know, we have lost an Aschenbach who's here. Uh, racing in the, in the Pirelli World Challenge this weekend, he actually ran a nationwide cup 
for Johnny Davis Racing back in, uh, I want to say, like 2006. And, you know, and he placed like 15th, which was pretty good for that car. You know, it's, that wasn't the top equipment. They've improved their equipment since then. But, uh, you know, so it was kind of fun watching these guys, you know, maybe take a, a C car and maybe because of their driving ability and that get it up to a B. But all in all, the NASCAR drivers across both series have become very, very competitive on the road racing. And, and you can blame Max Pappas uh, for that, uh, one of the guys that, that taught him so well. Yeah, and I will. I'm going to go with uh, – I'm gonna... Next week, buddy. You got it. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.